Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, welcome to Practically Pastoring, a podcast by pastors for pastors who want to help you get new ideas, help you become a better pastor, and, and have some fun with friends along the way. Hey, I'm Frank. I'm here by myself. We we have a special podcast for you this week. Uh, my buddy Jeff Simpson sat down with my other buddy, Josh Fuentes, uh, about creative ideas when it comes to this whole online church stuff, especially now we're a few months into COVID. We are kind of deep into this process. Some of us have already had these new rhythms. Some of us have come up with new rhythms. Josh Fuentes is coming up with some really creative ideas for online church, especially as you think about the beyond. Like When we do get back to a normal place, what are you going to do with all this newfound technology and skills that you have for online church, this new crowd that you're gathering on online church? What are some creative ways we can maintain that energy, move forward with some new ideas? And Josh has some good ideas for you. So that's all I have for for this. It's going to be a, sh- a shorter episode. I, I'm glad that you're going to be here listening to this. If you give me a few seconds to subscribe to our YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our podcast if you haven't done so already. And join the Facebook group because this conversation you're about to, to listen to, to see, uh, it stems from a conversation that happened in our podcast uh, Facebook group. So make sure you're in the Facebook group, all right? With that being said, uh, uh, I'll see you next week with all the other guys. Uh, Enjoy this interview with Josh and Jeff. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, I am Jeff. I'm from the Practically Pastoring Podcast. I'm here with my new friend, Josh. Uh, Do you go Josh or Joshua? I go by Josh. Go by Josh. Okay. Good assumption on my part. But uh, Josh had made uh, an interesting comment or set of comments in the uh, Facebook group, which if you're not on the Facebook group, and you're a pastor and you're watching this, you should jump into that uh, because that's where some real, like we say, practical stuff happens. And uh, so Josh had made uh, a post, I think, and then I commented and asked you a couple questions about kind of online church. And so I thought, hey, let's hop on Zoom. Uh, Josh and I have just met on Zoom like five minutes ago, and uh, I just thought it'd be fun to interview another pastor who's kind of you know in the trenches doing it like we all are. Uh, like we have been for the last six months or whatever, rethinking church and online church and all that. So Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about like where your church is and uh, maybe the size of it, just because that gives us an idea of and if you have staff and how, what all that team looks like. All right. So I serve in San Antonio, Texas, and on average, my church uh, before COVID, we were averaging about 75 people. Uh, we now have started to gather back for worship again, and now we're we're averaging about like 50 people. So we've had actually a decent return, which is 
I think uncommon from what most people are, from what I'm hearing. Uh, so that's been really neat to have that. And my theory on that is that I, mostly my congregants are senior adults. Uh, and so the whole idea of online just doesn't vibe with them. Uh, so they're just ready to return and be a part of that uh, in gathering and what's taking place. And of course, like y'all talk on the podcast, I think everyone just kind of sick at the moment and they're just ready to get back together again. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of have those two, I guess we would call advantages going for me in that regard. <laughs> uh, so what, what's your staff look like at your church? Is it just you? Is there any volunteer staff, paid staff? So right now it is it is me as the only full time pastor. I do have a part time music minister, and I do have okay. a part time administrative assistant. Okay, I, so that's that's the the comprising of our of staff here at Crestview. <laughs> and so the reason I ask that is, I mean, we're kind of in a similar. I mean, I'm in a small church as well. We were before COVID, we were about maybe sixty. Uh, on a good Sunday, 50, 60. And then, um, you know, now that we've, we're regathering, but outdoors for now. Uh, and there's about mm, 25 people on a, on a good Sunday, maybe 30. And then we have another uh, 15 to 20 online or something like that. So, and the reason I ask about that is because you're, I mean, you're in, you're in a normal sized church or uh, normative sized church. And so what everything you're going to say is totally attainable for the average pastor, because, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of in that, in that bell curve of the average size church in America. If you look at, uh, the stats that I've been looking at anyway, but, um, so tell me about your online strategy. Like what happened when COVID hit? How did you start going online? Were you online before that? What did it look like? All that. So the only thing we did before COVID was that we had an audio recording of the sermon. Uh, and, you know, what did COVID do? COVID just pushed us into basically all going online and what that looks like. Uh, and so when we originally started, we were trying to do like Facebook live stuff and it just was coming out, uh, just was not working. We were actually using a software called OBS and uh-huh. OBS is kind of complicated. Like it, you need people to work on that. Um, and so we were already trying to do a pre-recording and then trying to show it up live through OBS. Uh, and we had just a couple of Sundays where just, it, it did not work. And then yeah. finally, I, finally, I realized about Facebook premiere and I was like, well, wait a second, why am I doing this? We'll just do Facebook Dude, you're premiere. Like, so we you're just like telling my story. <laughs> this is exactly the same story I had. Like I was yeah. pre-recording uh, stuff and then it didn't work and oh, premiere and yeah. Yeah. And the, and the big thing was, is that I know just enough because I think we probably share the same similar experiences that we were at kind of larger churches that had full, full staff members at one time. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we were able to learn some things. And so for me, always, when it came down to like video, it had to be a good picture and it had to be good audio. I wasn't going to throw something up that was just you know, bad in those, those two ways. And so I really just said, let's be simple. Let's not try to figure out the whole worship music part. Yes. Uh, because that's, that can get real complicated real fast. Uh, and could actually, I think, you know, can kind of be a little more detrimental in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so we just said, let's just keep it to the sermon. And that's what we are going to do. And so we are just going to premiere the sermon uh, and we ended up probably one of the neatest thing that came through all this was I've been trying to figure out the whole worship component, at least the, the music part. Yeah. Uh, and so what happened here was one Sunday I was just kind of watching my wife. Like, so during COVID we actually watched other people preach <laughs> kind of yeah. crazy like that. Uh, but we watched other people preach 
And I noticed that what, what happened was one Sunday we were watching something else. And I noticed my wife was like walking around and just singing songs, like just singing the worship songs. Mm. And then it finally clicked in my head was like, wait a second. Did we ever consider it like a playlist? So instead of trying to have like music with words or trying to encourage people to sing, did we ever consider maybe our worship is just, we have music and just announcement slides. So it just gives people to kind of like just process, walk around uh, and get into a space of an attitude of worship. So when the sermon starts, uh, because I don't know about you, I find it real awkward trying to worship with a TV that just does not jive with me. Yeah. It's weird. 100%. Yeah. And so we just said, so I just came to the point. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to try to do what a lot of like, you know, much larger churches do where they got like, it's almost like a music video to make it work. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I ain't doing that. Uh, so I have someone who was able to do editing and I was just like, let's just have some songs playing in the background with the announcements and we can have like a 10 minute intro of that, just kind of prepping people, getting them ready to come in. And I was like, and then we'll do like a two minute afterwards just mm-hmm. to kind of like it ends. And so just kind of, it's not like an abrupt ending. It just, you have that right there. Sort of like you would almost match like a traditional worship service where you would have just yeah. music up front of that part. And then you would like a kind of at the end type deal. And so that's just kind of the route we went there. That's cool, man. So part of what I want, you know, people that are listening to this to hear is like, hey, other pastors are figuring this all out too. Like the, we, what, everything you just said, I feel like I could have said, you know, COVID started and I tried to do OBS and it didn't work. So I did premiere, like all that same stuff I went through. And I know there's a number of uh, pastors, particularly of smaller churches who are feeling this pull of like, man, I feel like what I can do right now quality wise is not where I want it to be. So maybe it would be better for me to pull back on trying to do the full band and all that because then you're talking about lighting and audio. And I think something in particular for uh, your kind of normative to smaller size churches to think about is that, um, you know, pastor, if you're feeling like, man, I don't have the volunteers to run this, like welcome to the club. That's a struggle. That's a real struggle for all of us. And I think for those of us who are younger senior pastors, which is kind of the target of practically pastoring, uh, some of this tech stuff kind of comes easy to us because we that's like the world we live in. But a lot of the folks in our church are not in that world. And so it's really difficult for us to get them trained on it. Uh, some guys are doing great at it. Like on the podcast, it seems like Tim, uh, he, he does a great job of it. He's got a team doing that. But I'm not in that same church. And in my church, it would be really difficult. So a lot of that has fallen on my shoulders. And so I was really interested in your... So take us through like what an actual... Uh, Sunday morning church or Sunday whenever you do it now, church online uh, service looks like for you because you're kind of doing two different things for two particular different audiences. And that's what I really want to get into. Yeah. So when I was, you know, praying about reopening and what that all looks like, uh, I'd shared in the comment, the big difference you saw from post-COVID to COVID or from pre-COVID to COVID to post-COVID, and I don't even know if we're really post-COVID, was When it came to online services, what changed? The pastor started looking at the screen. Mm. Uh, You know, online services, it was basically, they just threw up the service. Right. Uh, And the reality was, is the pastor was really engaging the physical audience. Okay. Uh, COVID finally helped me realize that you cannot engage the physical and the digital and treat them as the same audience. It's just, it's not going to work. And sadly, what I started noticing is that once most churches started gathering again, they went back to the original place of mm-hmm. just throwing up a live screen and the pastor is not 
really engaging the digital audience because there's a physical audience. Uh, and so what I just decided, I said, no, I want to keep you trying to engage the digital audience. Uh, and the simplest way to engage a digital audience is to just look at the camera, mm-hmm. <laughs> plain and simple. Uh, and so what I decided to do was say, we're going to keep recording and we're going to, and it's going to be the same sermon, same thing. And I'm just going to look at the camera and do that. So I record Friday night. So I give the weekend for the person to edit and then they premiere it Sunday morning. Now the big shift is going to start in, uh, in two weeks because we're coming back for in-person Sunday school. Uh, and I can't do Zoom Sunday school the same time as physical gathering Sunday school. I don't have the manpower for it or anything like that. So I just kind of had the epiphany of, well, why don't I just move it all to the evening? Uh, so instead of having a, trying to do these things at the same time, let's just move all our morning online digital content and move it to the evening. And now there's a whole new ministry in time that's trying to reach people who are still homebound, who work Sunday mornings, uh, or who just aren't able to come Sunday. Who didn't get out of bed on time on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and so now it's, it's going to move to the evening to work on that, uh, and I will tell you this, I have no idea how, how that's going to work. I don't know if I'm going to generate a bigger audience or how that's going to pull or what's going to take place. Uh, but I just realized, well, why can't I have two worship services and one, one more gathering and one more digital? Uh, and let's just move it to the evening. And then the best part is, is that I'm still able to do evening stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not happening. That is, that could be happening during that time because I'm not needed for Sunday school. And since I've already pre-recorded the message, I'm not needed for a live thing. So I can just focus my energy on other things that I like to do on Sunday night with my church. Uh, so that's kind of where I decided to move, move, move is to actually have a f- true digital space that's separate from the physical gathering that, and just give it its own time and how it works on there. And so you could potentially, in a situation like that, you could have a volunteer person who is managing the comments and to be in an online host during that service, even it, whether it's pre-recorded and premiered on Facebook or uh, we use Church Online platform, which allows you to do you know um, simulated live, which is essentially a premiere, same thing where you're commenting live and all that. Um, so man, that, that's really I, I what I loved about it is that that's kind of thinking outside the box. It's not just like okay, how can we get a better camera and better audio to do our in our, our live, live live in service that's being broadcast online better? I, I tend to think of it like when, you, when you're simply, and I'm not saying this is wrong, uh, right now we use like a Mevo camera to, you know, go live on Sunday morning. But I want to, you know, that's, the quality is only so good. Um, and so what I love is that you're thinking of like, man, maybe I can reach a whole nother audience and make this something that's specifically for them. It's not like, hey, watch us do this thing in person and you're kind of just tuning in like it's a broadcast model. It it seems to be like you're really trying to think to be more engaging. So now I'm going to ask you a couple real practical questions that I'm sure pastors are thinking of because I thought of them. So on Sunday morning in your live service where people are there in person, you're not recording video or doing anything then. No, there's no recording. The only thing I'm still recording uh, is just the audio version, and that's okay. it. So just to have that audio space on there. But I'm not doing any type of video recording or anything like that. So that, that in one sense, is a real big pressure relief for you. Uh, definitely. You know, I 
I actually like the idea of pre-recording over live because the reality is when you pre-record, you have a lot more. And so you can, you can do a lot more when you do a pre-recording over something live, because if it goes out live or something goes out, it's, it's messed up. I mean, you can't do anything, but a pre-recording gives you just a little bit more control over how you're, how you're doing stuff. And that, that's a lot easier in my, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I have a. I, I think I told the story on the podcast, but I had when we were doing pre-recorded. I had I was editing my own, and I missed a couple edits uh, in the pre. And I, the, I, to my horror, was watching, you know, on the couch with my wife on Sunday morning when it was running live. And there, there I am in the studio, you know, making a mistake and saying, "Ah, I don't want to say it like that," and then starting over <laughs> and people seeing that edit. But so, just again to get real technical, you have one camera. Uh, I went and watched a couple of your videos. Man, the quality is great. And that's one of the benefits of pre-recording. You can do things pre-recording. Mm-hmm. So it looks like you're in your sanctuary and you just set up a, a camera on a tripod. And are you running audio like through your normal face mic or whatever? Or are, do you have like a, a shotgun boom mic or something on the camera? So is it? it's just you in the room alone. You hit record, you get in front of the camera and you go or how's it work? So I do have like, so the person who does the edits also does the filming as well too, oh, just cool. because it's trying to, it trying to set up by yourself is really hard to it do. It is. Yeah. So I do, and all we have is just a simple, just lapel mic plugged into the camera Okay. and it picks up everything. Uh, super simple, super easy. Uh, we did at one ch- time try to do like a re- record through our sound system and then overlay the audio. And then we're like, well, that's kind of dumb. If we can pick up the exact same sound quality by just plugging a mic to the camera why not do that? So that's just what it is, is that we're in my sanctuary. Uh, there's more of like a close up view of me. Uh, I try to at least have the, uh, you know, my, uh, uh, podium <laughs> right next to me, uh, the pulpit, there you go, like that yeah. with the Bible trying to at least showing the Bible scripturally what's happening there. Uh, and that's just it. As I just try to keep a like waist up view and then try to keep the, the rule of threes, uh, which you may have heard about where you just, you know, you have your screen that's in threes and you don't want to be center. You want to be just slightly off because it makes you more interesting. Yeah, man. Like your shots are really good. I, I really like the way you're doing it. Now, how are you? I've noticed in a, I watched a few, uh, a, a couple of them, like clips of a couple of them. And how are you doing the um, the slides that I see come in sometimes? Is he doing that afterwards in the edit? Okay, so yeah, he drops the slides in the edit, but I actually do have the slides up going at the same time because if you did notice, like I'm not picking up my Bible and reading the Bible. I actually have the scripture up on – we have a back screen, and so I have all my slides up there. Uh, And so I'm clicking and doing that, and so then he goes in and he just drops those slides in those places uh, where I have it, and that's just pretty much how it works. That's really cool, man. So you're doing that on Friday night. So that means your sermon is done by Friday afternoon, let's say at the latest. And he's coming in a volunteer on Friday night. <laughs> and uh, um, how how often do you, since you've been doing this, do you notice that you change your sermon between Friday night and Sunday morning? So, you know, when I, what I usually do is I manuscript my message, just okay. an easier way to remember. So uh, like, so before I even get there, when I have everything written out, I go through it about five times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the time I get there, it's pretty much memory. All right. I'm just going off of memory and going on that. Uh, and then what I've noticed is that anytime 
anytime you preach and then there's a second service, you're always just making it a little bit smoother just yeah. to adjust a little bit stuff. Uh, and so when I've come in on Sunday morning now with the gathered, with the, with the church gathering, uh, I do feel like it's just a little bit smoother because I've just had another chance to kind of like rethink how it went out and stuff like that. But pretty much what you get on fr- Friday is what you're going to get on Sunday. Uh, yeah. And there's no major content changes. It's just, no. Yeah, no. just like it would be between first and second service if you're doing that. It might tweak. Yeah, and of course, if you ever had that multiple service, you know, like usually that second service always, it seems a little bit smoother just because you can practice, go over things, and then you do it live, and then you've done it live, and that makes a huge difference. So yeah. then it kind of works out that way. Uh, you know, I've kind of, my my big thing is I'm trying to be okay with, you know, who who do I try to offer the best sermon to? And of course the answer is everyone. I want everyone to have the best right. message. And, but then I realized, you know, it's okay if, if it, the digital is the first go around and that's good. Cause I think it came out good. And then for those who are gathered, it comes out a little bit better because my whole hope in this is, you know, the question that's been asked on the podcast, how do we encourage people to start gathering back? Yeah. Uh, and what, and probably the big reason why I move my digital morning stuff to evening now is because I'm I basically people don't realize this, but I am pretty much forcing that question uh, because now you can no longer just be up Sunday morning and do this stuff like you're with a gathered physical body that's happening at the same time. Right now it's strictly no. If you want to know you are physically gathering with people in that regard, you have to be here Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, if you want to continue online stuff, it's going to be Sunday evening now uh, and how that looks like. So I don't know if I'm going to get like a dirty email or anything like that, but we're just going to see what happens. Hey, well, that's the, uh, the biggest lesson out of COVID is like, now's the time to try stuff y'all because uh, you know, Basically, all the rules are out the window. People expect changes. I've been hammering for six months. Everything is an experiment right now, everybody. So we might do something for two weeks, and it, and then we might change. But be okay with that. And honestly, that might be one of the positive things that come out of this as a pastor is like you might end up with a congregation who's just that much more flexible um, you know, on stuff. And so, man, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it's, a, it's a Thursday yeah. morning right now, so it's prime it's prime sermon finishing time right now for me. Uh, so I, I assume the same for you. I appreciate you taking the time, man. I, I just wanted people to get an idea of something different. So just to kind of recap, on Sunday morning, uh, now that this is what you're doing now, Sunday morning you have a live in-person Sunday school gathering and then a live in-person worship service. Mm-hmm. And I assume there's you know protocols in your state or whatever that are going on with that. And then Sunday night is strictly the the uh, the pre-recorded but broadcast as if it's live online uh, sermon content. Is that correct? Or is there? Yeah. A, and we're doing so, our. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's basically, and it's our Sunday. So now we have our Zoom Sunday school that's pr- uh, preceding that as well, too. So okay, so you're doing Zoom Sunday school. So the reason I'm asking that is what's required of you on a Sunday is to teach a Sunday school class live and in person, preach a sermon live and in person, and then do a Zoom Sunday school class that evening, and then maybe be in the comments during the online sermon. Is that right? Well, actually, no, because I have Sunday school teachers who are teaching Sunday morning. Uh, I'll I'll preach Sunday morning, and then I have a new Sunday school teacher who is leading the digital Sunday school. Okay, great. Uh, so the reality is, is that I'm not even going to... 
my next step is to try to see about how I can get someone who could possibly engage in the comments because I recognize that's a important deal, but I know I can't do that because I have other duties that I do. Usually I don't, I never, my church doesn't have like a traditional Sunday evening service, which is okay. wonderful. And so that's usually where I do meetings or where I do time discipling with uh, people in my church. Got it. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And, you know, now I guess, I guess my, uh, my work has not so much doubled, but my reach has doubled. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I was asking that question. So you're not physically required on Sunday night right now. That's no. great, man. That's really great. And again, I want to emphasize for a small church pastor, like that's really valuable to you because those one-on-one meetings that can happen, especially on a Sunday night. Uh, I know for me right now, we're doing a lot like tonight. I'm having some folks over uh, to sit around. I have like a fire pit area at my house and that's going to be just kind of having conversation, but it's going to turn into discipleship conversations because that's just what pastors do. Uh, and so, you know, freeing ourselves up to be able to do that. It's great. So I love that you're multiplying like your reach, uh, by, by kind of front load, front end loading your work. So you got a little bit more work on a Friday afternoon evening, but then after that Sunday is really kind of pre COVID other than you've got this digital reach going on Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. Well, I appreciate the time and I look forward to uh, putting this out there on the internets so to speak, this will probably go on the uh, on the Practically Pastoring YouTube channel just kind of as a bonus thing. So uh, for those of you watching, thanks for watching, and I uh, hope you take some of these ideas to uh, to heart. And if you have questions, uh, ask it in the Facebook group, and maybe Josh will be able to hop in there on the comments and give you some more ideas. But uh, thanks, man, again, and uh, hope you guys join us for the next uh, podcast episode of Practically Pastoring. <laughs>